22 Takes in the Pod. My name is Osai, and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture, society, and the experiences of Nigerians in diaspora. Real quick, before we get into the episode, I just want to say that I'm still on a break. But that being said, I am working on new episodes for you guys, so please just be patient. Also, this will be a good time to let me know if you have any thoughts, ideas, uh, preferences, interests that you want me to get into with the new season. Yeah, I think that's about it. On this episode, we discuss the Ansars movement, the Lekki Togate massacre, and the aftermath a year later. My guest on this episode is Dabira Olua. She's an activist and was one of the organizers on ground during the Ansars protest in Lagos last year. I went to speak with someone who was at the protest, who possibly saw what happened um, during the shootings and could give some sort of a first-hand experience. So I'm very honored to have to be right here today. My objective with this conversation is to understand what it took to have been involved in last year's NSARS protest. For those unfamiliar, we will briefly go through what led to the protest and introduce Dabira and how she was involved. Then we jump into the shootings at Lekki Togate and around the country. What have some of those less known organizers and activists dealt with in the years since the shootings? I'm sure it didn't just end with the shooting for them. We end discussing the impact of the movement on Nigerians home and abroad and why fighting harder is the only option, according to Dabira, and what she hopes to see come out of the protest. Dabira is quite the impassioned speaker, and I hope she leaves you feeling as inspired as she left me. Enjoy the show. Everybody run, run, run. Everybody scatter, scatter. Some people lost some bread. Someone nearly died. Someone just died. Police, they come, hammy, they come. Confusion everywhere. Seven minutes later. All don't cool down, brother. Police don't go away. Army don't disappear. Them leave sorrow, tears, and blood. Them regular straight back. Them leave sorrow, tears, and blood. Them regular straight back. Them regular trademark. Them regular trademark. That is why. Everybody run, run, run. Everybody scatter, scatter. Today I'm speaking with Dabira Olua. She's an activist and was one of the organizers on the ground during the NSARS uh, protests last year in October. Dabira, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me, Osai. Um, this week kind of marks um, a reminder of last year, so it kind of uh, brought back you know, that's um, memories and that's, you know, a little bit of emotions. Mm-hmm. And especially yesterday, I wasn't really interested in any form of um, physical activities, really, really. I felt a bit off, like, you know, this realization just came down mm-hmm. on me, like, what if you were not alive again? Do you, mm-hmm. do you get, like, mm-hmm. would anybody be speaking and why are you still alive? So those were the things that I've been battling with all the week. Yeah. Mm. So is it like a survivor's uh, remorse kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Survivor remorse. And the mm. fact that a, a little bit of, I'm not going to say a whole lot, 
because it's not just me that survived. Mm-hmm. But then I'm not going to speak for other people. Oh yeah, because um, I cannot play at the end say, of the old thing. I cannot played that role that was a little bit um, significant, yeah. And then the last pictures, the last um, things that happened, you know, that time were kind of, yeah, it will make you break down, kind of feel remorse, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but those were part of it really. And then it's a sense of, of urgency and responsibility to the fact that you know, there's this individual, this guy that saw me coordinating them on stage. Mm. And I said to people, look, if you're not ready for a change in Nigeria, you can go home. Mm. Like, no government tries to bully people or intimidate them by, by saying there's coffee. You should at least address the people mm-hmm. and let them know. And I said, like, and DJ Swish was like, she was going to stay. And myself and her left. If you check her Instagram, I think she had a video where just me and her were on stage, yeah. Mm. So I that that guy, the la, the guy that pushed me Security and took forces my bullet, took a bullet for me. And there are reports several people have been killed. Amnesty International says it happened as they tried to disperse demonstrators. You know, when it was oh, when wow. it was the moment it was going down, it was like losing it, like his blood was all over me, and it was like, please. Oh wow. Please don't keep quiet. And, wow. and those, were his la- good, those were his last words. Yeah, those were his last words. So it wow. was like it was like that voice keeps ringing in my head till date from that day. So I became restless. I had to look out for the ones that survived. Mm. It was more like, you know, it was more like I don't know how to. I don't know yeah, how to you had, you had a sense of responsibility, right? Now, not yeah, just for yeah. the country and, yeah. and the youth, and, but and it, for this person's yeah. dying wish. Yeah, and a whole lot of them, you know, when the armies were shooting at us and they were like, don't worry, we will die. But when their bullet finishes, what else can they do? So wow. people were giving themselves as body for their bullet to get exhausted. It was... Wow. I don't know. Wow. This is this is that's powerful. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. Point and kill. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. Point and kill. You can't stop me. Okay, so before you get into into this into this, because I I want have so many questions when it comes to that piece. But let's okay. let, let me just start and bring people in a little bit. So for those who don't know, um this past Wednesday, October 20th, was the one-year anniversary since the Lekki Togate massacre. And uh, during this period, or the reason why that happened was because of the NSARS protest that started earlier that month. So on October 3rd, a viral video of, a SARS, uh, of the SARS officer uh, killing a man in Ugeli Delta State um, basically showed them, after killing him, leaving him for dead and driving away with his own car. Right. So mm-hmm. by October 8th, uh, people were now organizing in Lagos and Abuja, uh, mainly, I, I believe. I'm not sure if they had already started in other um, other states in Nigeria. Just hours after a curfew came into effect, the security forces started moving in. At the Lake Toll Gate in Lagos, several different witnesses recorded footage of what appeared to be security personnel shooting at protesters who were blocking a major highway. A number of people were reported killed. It began as peaceful protests to demand an end to police brutality. 
and for two weeks the government struggled but failed to calm protesters their demands among others include far-reaching reforms of the police and the prosecution of officers accused of extrajudicial killings torture and disappearances Nokia is going through. Since we have been protesting, we have not had any reasonable results. So we want out Buhari to come and address us. If not possible in Asorog, you should come down to Lagos and address the citizens. That's what we can do. We have been trying. We have been crying every day so that they can hear our, they can hear our voice. But they, they don't want to so I guess my first question to you be, would be like, how would you say you got involved with the protest? Like, where, where did it start for you? Okay, yeah, so the, the energy, the consistency, and the perseverance was it for me. You know, I've seen protests in Nigeria that is being led by whether you say, what do you call them, labor, or whatever it is, whatever organization they are. And then at the point of even achieving something you then see the leader say they are going to have a memorandum of understanding or something i don't know how to put that word but they will then go and say okay they will a few of them will go into the room right uh with the government seat for us and then they will come out to just say they ask us to give them time and if they don't respond we will come back and have you ever seen any of these organization or coordinated, whatever it is. Have you ever found them coming back to give another response? So it becomes them nope. shaking hands with the government. So for mm -hmm. me, it was more like, okay, leaderless. Nobody can be pointed at. Right. And then the consistency, people are being consistent. And then I started going, the fact that I watch youth, nobody invited anybody to the streets mm. and they come out willingly and you watch people coordinating, picking dirt on the road, you know, even passing traffic and showing that there was no fire in fact, some people will personally buy water, refreshment, and give yes. it to people they don't even know on ground. I saw so that, that was it yeah. for me. I started going from one location to another, you know, giving a few refreshments that I could afford and all that. So, but when I got to Togate, it was different. The crowd was massive. In the midst of all that, I had to wait till after the everyday events, yeah. And then I would see people Sweeping, they became a team of people. They have trash bags, they have brooms, they have they have nose masks, they have gloves and stuff. They have, in fact, even raincoats. Even in the rain, people were walking, coordinating. In fact, when some people sleeps on the when some people sleep at the protest um ground, some people will stay awake to watch over them. Wow. Are you serious? In the, in the, Telling you the truth in the open field and see those guys that are called the woodlums, the street boys, the area boys mm -hmm. were actually were actually coordinated to the point that we started conversing with them. And we found out that the system actually made them with they have some of them were graduates, right. Right. master degree holders. And because they couldn't find anything tangible to do with their life, they turned to become conductors, from being conductors to become a bureau before you know it then, when there's no job or money for them, they now extort people. Mm -hmm. But you find out that there's a beautiful part of them that just made them work with us. They were even, I, I, I know of a place or a few places where they attacked, where they were used, but the ones that I had experience with, they were even the ones protecting us and telling us what the, the, the people in power will do. Mm. Ahead of wow. time. 
Yeah. Oh, so it's so funny that you said that. You said you said the consistency, the just the yeah, way people the showed up. You, you said yeah, the way people showed up. up, and you could, yeah. you know, I was I was here in, in Canada watching everything closely, and it was so beautiful to watch. You know, I think even uh, in here in Toronto, there were demonstrations, uh, these two or three demonstrations, um, just walking around the city, and you could also see the way the police were handling us compared to the way the police were handling you guys back back home mm. can see the mm. difference there but mm. i think for me like that inspired us so much uh, let me speak for myself that inspired me so much just seeing how because you don't you don't know i guess you don't especially when you've not been in nigeria for 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 a while i've not been in nigeria for a little while mm. so mm. you know you, you a lot of times what you end up hearing on twitter and instagram and all those things are the worst the bad things right you know maybe you hear some tech company did well but for the most part the day to day is not a lot of positive interactions. So you start yeah. to forget how nice and, and sweet, you know, Nigerians, like Nigeria Nigerians here, are, yeah, Nigerians here they are, but obviously, you know, here the condition is different. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, you're not as stressed in the same way where in Nigeria, nobody, yeah. they don't have time. So you un, there's an understanding, but just mm. seeing that happen that way, where I saw people sweeping, people were asking for money to buy people food because, and the thing too was all the different classes, whether you're Paco, Ajebo, whichever one, everybody, everybody was showing up together. there together. Yeah. I, yeah. To me, yeah. I just, I never seen that. I didn't even think it was possible, you know? So you that, that was and, the... And mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this beautiful part where even um, um, fast food company, you know, this fast food, like, um, I think KFC, Mr. Beast, Tantalizers, a lot of them were bringing truckload of food for free. Really? Yep. Or oh, even the big companies and were supporting. I did not even realize that. I don't know if they were supporting willingly, but I knew they were bringing food for food. free. Fair because enough. they could notice that people were not sleeping. Till daybreak, protest was going on till midnight. And they would be wondering, like, how do these people hit? People don't go to work anymore. Like, it's going wow. two weeks. You know, wow. and then um, beverage companies too were coming. You know, all these little entrepreneurs were coming. People right. were even making t-shirts and stuff. A lot of a lot of beautiful, you know, uniformity came up at that point. That really, you know, you will feel you will want to just be a part of it. Right. Right. Yeah. And what was the feeling among the organizers? You know, so how do you wow. how do you go from okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be here to, okay. you know, meeting some of the other organizers that we've now grown to know and, and respect okay. and appreciate. Okay, so here is how it happened. Nobody taught he or she, to my to the best of my mm. understanding, we're going to be an organizer. Everybody, we're just like, we're making five for five demands. We're saying one word, enters, handbag governments and all that, you right. know? And you will just be there if you are, if you have this thing that has to do with leadership in you. Mm. When you see a need arise, you just want to quickly step up, find a way to solve the problem. Step up, yeah. Mm. So I guess stepping up to every needs arise was mm. helping discover the people that can be called leaders, yeah. Mm. And then there's so there's some people too that they're good at coordinating the crowd. And when they are allowed, because it was, it was, our slogan was about, and we wanted a Nigeria that will make a child of nobody become somebody without knowing anybody. Mm. So it was not about mm. the, the elite. It was not about the, the, the 
the people that are popular. It was more about anybody that wants the stage. You can always have it. It was mm. a open door. It oh. was it was a best moment for me ever since I knew myself to be a Nigerian and I've ever seen anything like season or events. So it was free. If you can express yourself, you can have the mic. And when we discover the people that can express themselves and, and they are giving the mic, all we can just do is retain them to ensure that, you know, we keep the, we keep the uh, energy, mm. you know, growing. And then we see some of them too, they'll be like, okay, do we still have diesel? I just want to support with diesel. And tomorrow the person comes again and say, I still have diesel to give today. And, you know, you can't just let people like that go. They have to mm. have the sense of belonging. So that was how the leadership came about. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, so um, and it, it, so that leadership, right, or at least the people who were taking on these responsibilities on ground, yeah, are yeah, they? Yeah, how are you coordinating with different parts of the city? You know, things like that. Were you mainly based in Lekki Gate, or did you, you know, did was there initially moving I was around? Not how did that work? Based, yeah, initially I was not mainly based in Lekki Gate. Everywhere I have gone, I went to Alausa, but. I didn't, I didn't think it was something that probably I need to do pictures or video because I'll be needing it. Right. What was the need for me was about us fixing a problem. Mm -hmm. So I am basically, I'm not even a social media person. I'm not a picture person. So that was it. I would just drop whatever I have with the people coordinating refreshments and drinks and I'll leave. And then I'll watch for a moment and then I'll go to um, other places. I went to Moshe as well. Mm. I just dropped a few things and I left. I didn't even stay up to like five hours. And then what happened about the coordination, other people doing the same thing at the same time was people were watching, people were videoing live. So mm. so Lucky became like like the, the lead role. Right, for other like the headquarters, right. Yeah, like the headquarters. I think the protest actually started at um, Alausa, yeah? Mm. But Lekki became grew so much and then the sense of leadership and organization, organizing, you know, um, kind of, you know, raised the, the, the momentum, yeah? Right, And then right. people started um, emulating what um, Lekki was doing. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. See, wow. And um, just one last thing about, you know, just these, the organizers, because I, I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, <laughs> when people, are, is it, it's so easy to say the youth should have done this and the youth should have done that and all those kind of things. But um, I, I really want to highlight the people that were stepping up and how they might have fallen into those roles, because at the end of the day, you know, even nobody should, like uh, I've heard a lot of the adults say, at least even while then, oh, the you should do this, the you should do that, and it's, it's like, no, take on this responsibility. You know, it's not, you know, if these people are doing it, why can't you do it? And that's the way I felt looking at it. Every single person is doing it and showing up. What makes you so special? You know, so I'm I'm curious, were you able to? I guess, get in contact or with any of the people outside Lagos or was Lagos its own contained kind of thing? Because it, it was very interesting that Lagos and Abuja, it kind of started going. There seemed to be some communication um, between Lagos and yeah. Abuja and then the rest, everything just started spreading. Mm, yeah, really, really. It wasn't, yeah, there are a few leaders that communicate from right. back end. Mm. Like I told you before, people were doing live videos and then the social media also helped in focusing on areas that were organized and it was always head life. Uh, the media, you know, the TV stations and all right, that. Right. So, so wherever is organized and is head life, everybody wants to 
um, mental after it. Yeah. Right. So that was what was happening. Um, everybody was following suit. And because the agenda is one, um, our purpose is one, is the same. So everybody just, you know, it keeps spreading like um, and, and SARS, and SARS, because mm-hmm. yeah, they've mm-hmm. done too many mayhem, even during that um, protest. And you, you said something like, what made one special than the other? For me, he just chose to be titled Lekki Massacre. Mm. But the truth is, the massacre happened even earlier in some places than Lekki, than Lekki, yeah? But because Lekki gained uh, media attention the most. Right. So Lekki was quickly focused on. Right. Like I got an information that some people have, they've been shooting in places from since 12 noon. I had really? one of the uh, yeah I had one of the activists that told me a few days ago that look as at twelve noon they've been shooting in Moshi that he was there and he saw bodies at that twelve because it was going around to ensure right. coordination. So what some people were doing as well is to meet with leaders. You will travel. You will leave your location. A little uh, a few of them will coordinate and say okay let's go to Moshi and give support. We have SS here in Lekki, so let's take some to mainland. Let's take some to Moshi. You know, let's take some to places where they don't really have, mm. you know, supports as much. And so those people, as they go around, they meet with the leaders and also carry them along. And then even people were traveling in from outside Lagos. Because I met with a few leaders backstage that told me they came from Abel Kuta, they came from Ogo State to just give support. And they are also organizers at their own state. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So we're talking about October 20th now. And I'm just curious. So you said, uh, somebody said they had already started shooting at noon. Before October 20th, that day, and I, I want to get into it a little bit, but before that day, did you were there any signs that the government was going to be stepping in in that, in that capacity? Because before that, they were trying to say, hey, uh, there are thugs. Some of these people, you know, some of these people are responsible, but there's a lot of thugs infiltrating the protest. And it's, it was almost as if it was their pretext to use violence. But mm-hmm. what, what was your experience like, you know, uh, prior to and the day of, like your own personal experience? Okay. For me, we never foresaw um, there was going to be casualties. We are thinking, and I'm being very, very honest, was was come to us if we insist we're going to be staying on the streets, they will use water cologne, right. they will use tear gas, and they will dispatch us. But it didn't give us, it, it, we, we know that doing that will mean that we are gaining more momentum right. than they can handle. Right, right. So that was all, that was the worst we expected from any sensible government. And then, um, yeah, um, the, the hoodlums or uh, what do you call them, infiltrating the, the protest. Right. Every time they planned to do that, they were always quickly exposed and the videos would go viral. So they used a lot of tactics and gimmicks. In fact, they came to us and asked us, hey, who are the leaders? At least people should have leaders. 
knowing fully well that when they can hold some people to arrest, other people will go home. Right. And when you hold the stronghold to arrest other people. So when they come, Shelly, for me, that was coordinating at the backstage, they were always meeting me. You know, their agents, the disguise, even police officers mm. that disguise in, in Mufti and come and be like, right. oh, we want to give you people support, we want to give money, who is your leader so that we can hand the money over, you know. And we keep telling them, look, we don't want money. If you know you want to support us, just go buy refreshments, buy water, bring it here. We don't want any money from anybody. So they've tried all they could. Then they brought the talks. We were able to overpower the talks. And even when we take them to, to the police station, you know, they won't even uh, allow them to be taken in for arrest. They will tell us it's none of their business. Do you get Right, right. So, but so, they are so arresting we, protesters, though. But Thank the you. people that are causing yeah. problems, they've been delivered Thank to you. you. And that one, yeah, that one was not interesting for them. Okay, That was exactly what happened. So at some point too, we saw when they were even moving talks, we saw videos that went viral when they were moving talks with um, official, government official cars. Right, with the bus and everything. Protest, right. Yeah, the protest ground and, and all that. So, but then we now thought of something. All the hoodlums that were on ground that we were able to cite Mm. Some of them even came confessing and releasing all their all their weapons and be like, we're sent, but we know that you guys are fighting for us and we too, we are not comfortable with what is happening in our environment. We choose to stand with you guys. So, so what they, we do they is they're actually sure. incidents of that. They are actually incidents of the thugs that they paid come of to course, you yes. guys. Yes, wow. of course. Yes. Wow. So what we do is we make sure that we speak to them the language they understand by coming down to their level. Right. And then ensuring that we make them important too. We right. make them feel special. We, right. we give them roles to play like, okay, be securing these, ensure that nobody fights, and we ensure that they eat well. They were worth taking care of. Whenever they want to make complaints, we make them feel, we give them that sense of, you know, um, um, belonging, yeah. Right, right, that, this, right. that they are also carried along. Like mm. the slang, you know, where a child of nobody, you know, becomes somebody without knowing anybody, without mm. being, you know, a celebrity mm. or you can just have the platform. Right. So that was it for us. That was what got it for us. So when they saw that we have been able to even, you know, persuade the talks they were going to use against us to be with us. I think that was the time they now came to the realization that, see, until we shed blood and put fear in these people, they won't leave. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so this, this was all happening prior to October 20th. And then by October yeah, 20th, that's, to, when, yeah, they, that's when they really yeah. showed themselves. Were you aware, yeah, yeah. Um, so you were talking about even by noon, I think it was around like maybe two or three in the afternoon um, mm. that they started taking off the, taking away the CCTV cameras at the yeah, Lekito gate. I was aware that they were taking away the CCTV cameras, but it didn't, it didn't ring bell for danger to me. Really? It was yeah. It didn't ring bell for them when, because I was, when I saw that online, I was scared. Okay, I so was, so here here was what happened that distracted me. Right. Um. At some point, the a few leaders backed down. Okay, so the real poor people that we were speaking for were still standing on the streets. Okay, so when you say back down, please, please elaborate because I, I really want to understand. Um, That's kind of deep. 
Yeah, but... <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, so okay, so let, let me let me interject, right? And and you know, co- correct me where I'm off here. So um, okay, so now as uh, um, based on what you're saying, you know, based on other other organizers, they were organizers, they were already mm. shooting in different parts. They had already started killing people as of mm. noon that day. Um, just yeah. not at Lekki Togate, and we know that Lekki yeah. Togate, obviously, this is where the people with money. They are like that. Mm. That's where a lot of them were showing up, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, so what I'm trying to understand is that day there were also reports. There are, we were saying that people were saying, "Hey, they're they're going to do something tonight." They're they are hearing rumors. They're hearing something. So, yeah. a, a lot of people essentially left. So a lot of people seem to be aware and and left. Is that what you mean yes, by like they, they, they gave up fact, or what? what? People, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, the the shooting from twelve noon was not. Um, I'd like it to get. No, no, right. no. We, we oh. were not aware. Especially oh. all of us that were active. Oh. We were, we were not aware. We were concerned about ensuring that people are coordinated and we don't allow for talks to infiltrate horse, right? Right. So, so now, what were you saying? About so 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 I was just saying a lucky toll gate so not yeah. focusing on motion let's lucky toll gate um mm. I'm I'm here at least I'm seeing online that the mm-hmm. cameras are 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 being taken off and they are recording yes, this the yeah. right and then we are now yeah. start hearing that hey that there's something might be happening tonight don't be there yeah, tonight in fact, some people that. got called mm-hmm. some important personalities children you know they were all on ground so right right so they were more like also reasons why they 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 have not reacted since so some people go according to according to from a reliable source in fact from even somebody that got a call you know they started pulling out and they started calling them leave come home it's not going to be fantastic but the object we got um um earlier days before 20th was that Hamis were going to come yeah to just secure the place and make sure that people are not um hoodlums are not taking over here. Yeah? Right. Those were the information. In fact, in fact, in fact, we saw an army guy a day before that day in uniform. He just strode past Togate. And we had to like engage him in a conversation. Mm. And we asked him, and we heard you guys are coming tomorrow. Is it like, is it going to be brutal? Is it like, he was like, no, 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 there was not going to be a problem. That No, it's just, and he just left. And so we took it calm, like nothing will happen. Right. So, but on the 20th, fast forwarding. Different story. By 12, yeah, we only heard there was going to be curfew for 12, for four. Uh, and then everybody should go home. And our, right. our stand Remember was that. that even if there's, there was going to be curfew, a father like the governor of our state should be able to address us and say, guys, we've heard you guys, we've been pleading. Okay, let us retreat. Go, You guys retreat, let's have a conversation. Let's see which one of these demands we can... That was all that we were just expecting a sensible um, person in the place of power to do. It was clear. Which there were five... Ro- <laughs> there were five... Objectives. It was very exactly. clear what the objectives were. Plead, There's no confusion. Yeah. To plead the heart of the people that took their time to vote you in the office of power that now makes you think you are, you are, um, you Invincible. are. In, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, 100%. but that's, maybe they lost it somewhere. I don't know. 
but we were not we were not there if we if we knew that one person just one person was going to die nobody would be there not because we are fearful but because we are concerned about one another and we mm. we became we became family where somebody will be tired and another person will back that person at the protest ground and say this person is weak come and sit on my back or let me carry you so that you don't faint or something. We became family. Nobody was afraid of anybody. So it was for us like bond. There was this bonding that happened. And I think that was what DJ Switch saw mm. and made that tooth. Like, I can't let those people down. Mm. I can't mm. coward out. Not because we, we had bulletproof. So it was just just the two of us left. Yeah, if you are like at around, night. Are you talking about at night right now? Like about six, six forty something in the evening. Make sure you don't say too much, cause if you say too much, I feel to run up on. You see, say I get fans with a paracon. You see, say my own key pass you a gun. Man, I said trends don't cheat that I get men, I know they got a voice. I delete my life. Man, they turn them to shoot on sight. So, so how is the organizing happening now? So, so now I guess as around six or so, it's becoming clear that the, the military is going to be the soldiers are going to be there, and they're going. We don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know it was soldiers that were coming. Okay. We we thought public security, yeah, water cannon, uh, tear gas. So some of us were already prepared. Okay, tear gas will come. This one. So we knew what they would chase us with. We thought they would chase us with hot water cannon and tear gas. Nobody foresaw. In fact, when they told us they were coming, we thought they were going to come and engage with us by saying, okay, everybody go home. Government will come and speak with you. Oh yeah, go home. And then they will start using tear gas and everybody will dispatch. Definitely. Right. So, so when, when did that change for you? Because so for me, what I saw wow. was I saw a camera, wow. right? I saw, I saw the, I, I saw from, there's a building, right? I, I can't remember the name of the building now that overlooks yeah, that was, like a That gate. was the pain point. That was the pain point of the target. Right. So, so we saw, like, I, all I remember was daybreak was, was coming. I could see the, the, uh, the soldiers in the form of some sort of a barricade, whereas mm. they are going. And now at first it looked like they were shooting up or shooting in the air so that everybody can run away. Then mm. it seemed like they, then I, as I was, as they were looking closer, you now start seeing people drop and people falling and then you just see them gradually walking towards. And then apparently mm. it seemed like it was also a trap. It wasn't even to, it didn't seem like it was to scare everybody to go away and go home. It seemed mm. like they, they were cornering you. Am, am I off yeah, here? Yeah. Or was it, was it, right? no, was it a cornering yeah. or everybody was just supposed yeah. to run away from the gate? Yeah, it was, it was a cornering. See, um, let me, let me, let me take it from where it started. Okay. So at about 6.45, we mm-hmm. started hearing, no, before 6.45, a few minutes before 6.45, one of the coordinators took him uh, and said, Gabby, guys, we need to, I mean, the armies are coming, the armies are coming. So we felt that was panic. And when we panic the people and they start running, they will stampede each other. So we knew the armies were coming, but we're like, yeah, they are coming. They will come and tell us to leave. Or to since there was coffee, definitely they will come and tell us to leave right. by using tear gas. Right. That was all that we had in, in our head. When the camera, when the camera guy was taking off the camera, only a few persons know and just felt to snap the camera guys. 
that wow. were removing cameras. So all of us on stage didn't know what was going on back door. Nobody was giving us information. Really. Wow. Yes. So a few organizers that were walking backstage saw some things and they were snapping. People were just anything that happens. They capture. Snap yeah, capture. Thank you. Mm. So so when they came at about 6:45, they, they've not even gotten to us. I don't know if you if you can check Oriental Hotel, that's um Sandfield. They didn't even get up to where our barricades are. We yep. were already preparing a barricade that would distance them from us. So that even if they're using water, hot water cannon, I mean, cannon, it will not really injure us. That was why we were building barricades. Right, right. Yeah. So, but immediately they got to, what do you call it? Um, Sandfield, just um, adjacent to Oriental, yeah? Oriental mm -hmm. Hotel. They started shooting right from there. And as they were shooting, they were jumping down from their truck. Myself. And um, DJ Switch, we were on the stage, still engaging the people. And then we looked back like, no, it can't be, it can't be, it can't be, they can't be shooting straight at, at people. It must be that they are trying to scare us. Right. Do you get? So, but I looked again and I'm like, no, wait, people are falling. And I can see blood splashing from that far. And I could see people that are in, like 10 meters close to me dropping. Okay. And then the, the realization dawned. On, on on me that tonight is free. In fact, I was off. If the if the superior has not intervened, I'm being sincere. I've never said this before. If Omata has not intervened, that's general matter, they will kill every one of us. Everyone. Well, I, well, not babe, let me just understand what you're saying. So, are you saying that there was somebody there that stopped them from? He wasn't from... there. He wasn't there. Here, here was the. This is the, um, um, what do you call it? the twist? So, did you switch? Felt like even if we were going to all die, the world must see how we died. Right, and that's why she was we're recording for, and showing people. Yeah, we're waiting for the night to really cover well. You know, in the dark, you can't really see so much. And really, because it was in the dark, that's why people still have doubts. Yeah. A little bit of those videos were taken in the dark. Right. People that had phones right. this morning that were on protest ground, some of them, their phones have gone off. Like me, my phone has gone off since. Right. So she, she, there's this, I don't know, this sense of urgency that don't know. Look, even if we are dying, the world must see how we died. So she went live. In fact, I was even holding it because it was me I had that jumped off the stage trying to take cover with the truck. And then I was holding her that, please don't stand up because everybody standing up, the bullets hit them straight. You know, I saw a bullet that entered into somebody and then passed out and entered into the next Another person. person. Jeez. Yes. Oh so it was God. traveling that much. So I was like, oh, then she pulled her hand out and be like, no, don't worry, let me go. I was just trying to see how I can protect her, you know, because then I was not even cautious of anything. I just wanted her to be safe. Jiget, and then mm -hmm. she started the video. That video was what went viral. Yep. That made even probably their superior know what exactly, probably they know, or they knew, they didn't send them that much. I, do, I can't even explain that. But because that leak, there was a leakage, that leakage was what saved a few right. of us. 
Right. Wow. And then they, you know, they will not be like, we can't be here. And the world is already seeing this and would now make it look as if nothing was happening. So he had to come intervene. And then by the time he came, because the armies were even telling us, go home, run, go home. And the more people stand up to go, they shoot at them. Are you serious? So, yeah. So I was shouting, everybody sit down. Don't run. Let's just be in that. And then chant the national anthem. Raise up your it was that, that wasn't working. So he came later on, I think 45 minutes or over one hour after that shooting persistently. Jeez. came and then asked them, uh, asked them, ordered them not to shoot again. And then he was trying to address us. Then it was already dark. So people were like, there's no point. Don't address us. You have killed. In fact, at that time, bodies, you will be matching people. You'll be matching Jeez. bodies. So, you know, I want to, I want to ask you a question um, mm. because, you know, there's, there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth about the number of people that were killed. You know, I, I remember mm. I was so angry. Uh, somebody, somebody corrected me. I said it was a massacre. Somebody corrected me and said, how do you know how many people? And I'm just saying like, you watch, we all watch these videos together. You understand? We are we are watching people sitting down, scream, singing the national anthem. Cry, like, how can you tell me? <laughs> how can you tell me that it wasn't? They say, oh, maybe it was just five people or something, which already is enough. But seeing what they were doing, they were definitely trying to get more than five people. So my okay. my own perspective, like I was a uh, I was a uh, person that put me in con contact with you, um, uh, Fisayo. He I know he's done um a couple of pieces and um he counted up to twenty just based on his investigations. Wow. Um, so I'm curious, like from what you saw, is, is is it significantly more than that? Is it roughly amount around that amount? What was what's of your perspective on that? It's the people that died had like to get more than twenty. Fisayo only could count the bodies I can confirm. As you can prove, I understand. I understand. That's what I'm asking you. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were more than twenties. I mean, what would you put the number? Right. Uh, I really would not, but yeah, say over forty. Yeah, if I'm not exaggerating, over forty. Wow. Because some people jumped into the water, into the river. And they went there and started shooting at them. Jeez. Yes. And then um, some people's body were taken away. Wow. And then I have eyewitnesses amongst the survivors that's, that were thrown away into the lagoon as part of people that died, that survived. And then I had victims that are under my, that are in my custody that were taken to um, General Hospital and saw where they were offloading bodies and removing bullets from those bodies immediately and disposing those bodies. Those guys were seen just that they didn't have phones to right. record. These two guys that I'm talking about were amputated. Oh, wow. So they got shot yeah. and they basically had lost their limbs as a result of this. Of course. Of course. Right. Wow. And then on the streets, those are the people Fisaya could count. I met not less than three families that will not talk to any journalists, will not talk to anyone, will not grant any interview, don't, don't want to be known, that lost their breadwinners. 
But out of fear, they just don't want to talk. They don't want to talk at all. Yeah, these guys went to the mortuary to pick up their bodies the next day and then bury them quietly. Wow. Let me let's get into that. You know, uh, so obviously after this, uh, there was a serious crackdown on not just the people who were activists um, speaking up um, during the protests, but they were also uh, looking for journalists that were covering the stories. Anybody who was investigating or of in in any real way, the people that got killed that night were essentially silenced. Even the families have been silenced. They, like mm-hmm. just like you said, there's a lot of families. I, I listened to a BBC um, documentary, and there's 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 a bunch of families that are just afraid to even say anything to anybody. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what has been your experience? You know, and I kind of already have an idea because we talked before. But what has been your experience since then? Just in terms of the people who you maybe have met through organizing activists. Wow journalists um it seems like a lot of people are in hiding you know like this this uh, idea of being able to protest it, it, or even see your mind it seems like it's slowly vanishing in nigeria what, what what's your perspective on how the government has handled that since yeah you talked about my experience and then the way the government is ensuring that nobody even has the courage to want to come out to protest let me first mean? of all undo mm-hmm. Let me first of all um, take the one, the last one, like the way the government is ensuring that um, nobody quiet. has the courage to protest. Yeah, here is the risk in it for them, and I'm saying it because maybe my voice will travel a bit. When you bottle, when you bottle, um, what do you call it? Um, um something that has gas, what do you call those drinks? Yes. That is cold, yeah. Yeah, so air pressure, yeah? right, right. Air pressure, yeah. When it will explode, it's going to destroy a lot of things. Now, I'm not this is not like a threat, it's just a natural human nature. Understand. Yeah, human nature. When you push somebody and you push the person to the wall enough, and there's no bread to run to anymore. It turns back. And at that time, it's not going to be, it's not going to be something you'll be able to manage because that's that person has gotten to the level where he or she can control his reaction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, are you saying people are afraid? Yeah. But I can tell you, there are now more people that are less afraid to die because they're already dead than people that are dead, but are refusing to accept the fact that a Nigerian system has killed them. So, but there are a few persons that have come to, a a lot of people that have come to that realization that look, we're already dead. There's no point. Being afraid of what you already know is confronted, you're confronted with. And that was why you saw the reaction yesterday. Will people have Stay there. Will you have built momentum? Is a sign that soonest is going to gain more momentum mm-hmm. than anybody can think of. 
there's always if there's always a will, there's always a way. Yeah. When the people when the people begin to discover their problem, is a sign that the solution is not going to be far-fetched anymore. So I think I would just answer that one that way. So for mm. the government, are they doing themselves any good? I don't know. But the thing is, people are wiser today than, than four years ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people are smarter today than four years ago. So trust me, election, whatsoever it is, is not going to be business as usual anymore. It shouldn't be. <laughs> It, it's, it, won't. It, it shouldn't it be. Won't. So now you talked about um, the people uh, covering and trying to disc- unveil the truth, and right. then the people that Journalists play the major and role and how, yeah, how have they been fair? Well, I'm going to talk from my own experience and a few experiences that I had of people that are close to me. I've mm. uh, been followed on a few occasions by unknown men, whether they are hired assassin. But their look, their look is not friendly. I am still in a safe house. I don't have my regular life anymore. Okay, so I tried getting an apartment recently. And on five occasions, my money was returned back to me because of my name. Not like people know me, but anywhere, my, my name will kind of ring a bell. Hmm. And then for somebody of my age, bearing that name because... That name is kind of um, revolves around people of um, recent age, like mm. not people from the 80s. Right. So it kind of ring the bell that, okay, Dabira, okay. That name kind of ring the bell. Mm. It might not be as that loud, popular, but if you person down that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, answers would, would say, yeah, I know, and I've heard about that name before. I've seen that name somewhere. So mm. it's been... Is yeah, is it been difficult? Very, very difficult. How will you live without working and survive and and keep up your normal life? And then still ensure that even the victims that can no longer live their regular life are okay, at least for a bit. Mm. So we have to put some victims, we have to put victims in safe house, safe houses where we pay a lot. Because it has to be a very secured environment. Some of them, most of them cannot work again because they are, they are, they are survivors. They have injuries. Some of them are amputated. Some of them, their lungs. Some of them, their chest. So, so majority of those challenges to date. And now the panel is not even doing justice to their case because they see us now as Shall I call us rebels? So when they compensate other people, these ones are not compensated. How do they? How, do, how should they survive? What should they do with their life? So the, the government is still frustrating them on top of the frustration again. How how, how how are these how do these panels work? You know, I know there's been panels. Yeah, Under the panel, it was just all, 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 all they wanted to say is they know the truth, but they what they did with the panel was to buy time to kill right. the, the narrative. Yeah. Yes, to kill the momentum. But I'm grateful to all Nigerians and people in the diaspora that kept the uh, the temple high and mm. up. And ensuring that at least in a week, a video of answers will go viral. Mm-hmm. A picture of answers will go viral. People are now using it 
as hashtags. Mm-hmm. So there's something every 20th of the month we are counting. And we are still counting until justice is served. We'll keep counting until they accept what they have done. Because see, those people that died, their voice is very loud. Mm-hmm. They are not quiet. So those man, are it's, uh, uh, yeah, their voices are not, announced, man. We've seen them. We, we cannot forget it. And yeah. if you if you have so, any love for that country, if you have any love for your people, it's mm. it's it shouldn't <laughs> that the, the one thing about last October is that I feel like it started off and it gave us courage. And, courage, yeah. And, courage. It, and it ended and it gave us rage. You know, yes. and and important things can be done with courage and rage. So you know, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Look at the outturn. And mm-hmm. if not for the fact that maybe it was shut down, I mean, we, we finished, we decided we we're going to finish by 10. Right. If we have said we we're going to finish by four, the People whole state will shut down again. The whole nation will shut because everybody that has a car will come out with their cars. And that is even more convenient. Do you get? So mm-hmm. for me, is 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 it is it being a wonderful experience? I think is a narrow way to um, the promised land. Right. Yeah. Is 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 it's something that is going to bet good governance because anybody that is coming into that office of power will think twice. Mm-hmm. And these ones are coconut egg generation. You can't mess with them and get away with it. You can't sweep it under the carpet. It is, it is It is. far past that time when our parents will co- tell us, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can use that adage, like, if you run away from war, you'll be able to tell the story. Now, Nigerians are realizing that they can die as heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's better for them. I'm not saying anybody should die, but yeah, we are all dead in Nigeria. Like, I quote Shane Kuti that said, as far as we are in Nigeria, we are all prisoners. Mm-hmm. It's just that we are in a, in, a, in a prison that is free to her. You have space. That's her. Mm-hmm. But we are prisoners. Yep. And I, and I say, as far as we are Nigerian, we are all dead. We have been given that certificate. There's no system whatsoever that is working fine that you can bet your life on in Nigeria. Is it the hospitals? So what are we talking about? So basically, is like a last question. It's not been, um, it's not been an easy route. It, it beholds me more responsibility to look out for a few persons. It, I have sometimes when I'm broken, I still have to pretend like I'm strong so that they don't get broken. <laughs> you are strong. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. So. <laughs> Are you kidding so, me? There's, yeah, there's so much <laughs> we can learn from you. No, please don't. I mean, I understand that they are tough moments, but man, if, if you're not strong, <laughs> nobody else is strong. Let me tell you that on now. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for everything that you've been doing. I have a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. Um, 
Um, like, what, what would you say, uh, like, especially with the international community? Now, one, one of the things I picked up from that period and after is how I was disappointed in how little a lot of governments, uh, especially the one here in Canada, um, acted. You know, the prime minister said something, but later on, he, you know, he kind of walked it back. <laughs> Nothing was really done, you know. We we, we tried to petition our the uh, councillors here, you know, even the high Co- commissioner. Um, we tried to engage him as well, and nothing really happened here. So, what what's your perspective on that? If you have any, you know, are you just focused on wow, Nigeria and I all, all this people figure it out? I do have. Mm-hmm. I do have. I I I look at Nigeria's that put their hopes on international communities. Like ah, let's do it so that the international communities will intervene. But I've come to, uh, a lot of eye-opener for me, I've come to realize that in our crisis, is their gain. Yep. In our disunity, is their profit. Yep. And that is how they want the system to stay. It's worked out for them for so long. Yeah, because we are so naive to know that Majorly, Nigeria is actually enriching a lot of European countries or international communities, call it whatever it is. For me, as an individual, and when I'm talking to youths or when I have an opportunity to address, let them know, look, there's nothing like getting help to solve your problem. You have to solve any problem that is before you. Because in our pain, is their gain. The colonial mentality they have put in the heads of our recycled politicians are what they are leading us with. Because if you're not treating your people like slaves, their life will not become so worthless that you place no value whatsoever on it. So what directs the narratives of our system should be wrong? I will tell you the truth. For me, is the international communities. They feel nothing for us. They care less about us. And I'm really disappointed. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I don't look at it as harshly. I, I do think that there's quite a lot of governments that profits. And they do this thing of, um, I was reading something recently, right? They were talking about how China's approach to Nigeria versus the US approach, or was it the UK approach to Nigeria? And they were talking about how when China came, they did a lot of partnerships at different levels. So it's almost like when they are working with Nigerians, now there are issues with, with, with uh, you know, some Chinese communities in Nigeria that I've seen as well. But um, mm-hmm. on this front, they, they mm-hmm. work with, with us like partners. There's no, you have to do this thing. We don't mind, we don't, mm-hmm. we're not minding your business. We want to do yeah. some business with you. We'll do that. But the opposite yeah. is, 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 is what happens with um, like, you know, the UK and the US when they say, okay, exactly. we're going to do this big event. But the big event mm-hmm. is with, only the people with, with only the people with money and the people who are already exactly. connected and influential. So they're trying to do, exactly. they're, they're trying to maybe do a big, bigger cultural outreach, but they're not paying attention mm-hmm. to the actual people. They're saying that oh. if, if they're saying that if these guys want to compete with the, the movement and the, and the uh, momentum that mm-hmm. China is having in, in Nigeria and, and Africa as a whole, you know, they're going to have to side with us. That's the only yes. strategy. They have to, basically side with the future because if they keep mm. siding with these people, you know, and it's a tough place for them to be because they need both. But exactly. if they keep exactly. siding with these people, we're going to see through them and it's going to be a difficult, you know, f- you know, I guess, future for them in Nigeria. Yeah. You know? 
you are very correct. I I I agree completely with what you said. And I don't know, I don't know if there's anybody waiting for any international community's intervention. Nope. But trust me, I am going to be saying it like I'm 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 giving a vision mm-hmm. that the people that will solve the problem of Nigeria are Nigerians themselves, and we're on the path. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to set the record straight. And anybody going into that office is definitely going to soon realize that it's not going to be business as, as usual. So, um, are we still in? Are we still being colonized? Yes, we are. Right. We are just we are just glorified independent people. Yeah, I mean, I would say yeah, I would say the it, so the, there's this concept of neo neo colonialism, right? And the concept mm-hmm. is essentially is that. Uh, when the the Europeans left, they just left mm. our our people who were following their lead, saw everything they did, went to the schools that they went to, and essentially mm. applied the same methods that they learned of from course. them on mm-hmm. us. So that's essentially neo-colonialism. And then on, on, on the second front, it's also economic in the sense that yeah. they did leave, but but financially and economically, they were still very yeah. much present. And they still very yeah. much, most of, I would say like, I think it was like 60% or so of Nigeria's GDP in like 1965 or so was was more foreign. It wasn't local, you know? So um, that being said, I, I totally understand that and, and, and it's going to depend on us. And I think that's where maybe Nigerians in diaspora can, you know, provide some value. And so... Let's yeah. let's get into that. Like, what what would you say to anybody that's listening now? Like, all the Nigerians out here in Toronto, Canada, the U.S., Hungary, yeah. every everywhere. Um, what what would your advice to them be? How how would you advise us to look at that situation, look at the situation, or approach the oh, situation oh, going into twenty twenty three? Yeah, going into twenty twenty three, I've been agitating for this. I don't know whether people are not listening or they choose not to listen. But there has to be a synergy of from the youths as well Nigerians that builds a community that converses with the people at the grassroots. Educating the grassroots people on how to rightly analyze the situation you are voting for and the situation you have found yourself in. Other than exchanging their future for a, a grain of rice or a few grains of rice or a 5,000 naira because that's been the culture. Right. So now um, you, you, you understand the economic situation of Nigeria right now. Uh, our economy is badly down. So we are putting our mouth where our money is. So we don't still have the resources to engage the people. Yeah. Mm. The resources is not about giving people money, but as far as we can travel, and people already have seen the lights. Their question now is, now that we have seen where we are in, we have seen the, the deep where we have found ourselves, where are you guys leading us to? Where should we go? Who is better? Right. How do we get there? How do we get there is we need to now have a community that builds sensitization. That's taking politics 
to community has like fellowship. Right. Like right. open space where people can ask questions in their dialect and be related back to whether they are learned or not. Now, for this to be done, even the youths that want to go to the field, they need to be mobilized. They need to be empowered to do that. Now, are we going to be able to find sincere people that will go? Yes, sure. I'm not going to agree that all Nigerians are corrupt and people will not just work as fairly as they're supposed to be. But if there's an organization and there's accountability, this is possible before 2023. We still have a year plus to do it right. I mean, and it's I mean it, 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 took, it, it took less than a month to organize for NSARS. So Thank you. what are we talking so, about? And, and we've seen changes in other countries. Who knew that the US, the former US president will lose a seat for somebody that is not even so that relevant or as important as him. So now people are not voting by emotions anymore. People want to vote by knowing exactly who they are voting for. But if you don't make that available for them, they are still going to, we have to vote for somebody. So it will not be that we are eating what is available to us, not an opportunity that has been offered to us. So how can the people in the diaspora work with the people on ground and ensuring to coordinate a team that will start, because we're going to run a lot of counter campaign, trust me. Trust me. can imagine. Trust me. The era of recycling old demons is over. I'm positive about that. Now pastors can stand on their puppy to tell their member, look, if you collect right from somebody next year, this and this will happen to you. Imams can say it clearly. Imams can say it clearly. So mm. now people are aware. Unlike when they will go to them and offer them money and tell them to tell their congregation to come and vote for them. And then we'll have to carry the religious leaders along so that the youth can be educated. The older ones can be educated. How do we do this? There must be, there must be a meeting point. Yeah, I think I think that would be a, a slow a slow burn, but very much possible. Very very much possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dabira, thank you so much, so much for yeah. coming and taking the time and speaking so passionately. Mm-hmm. I can listen mm-hmm. to you all day, but I know you have things to do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, thank you very much. Uh, so before you go out, can you just talk to the people about uh, the NSARS magazine, which you launched on Thursday, October 21st? Yeah. So, yeah, the NSARS magazine that was launched today was um, sponsored by Kappa um, to ensuring that the story didn't fade out. And it will also be like a mini history book for next coming generation. And then people can also go online. We have all the documentary. Just go to Kappa online. The videos have been released, I think, since about a few hours ago of exactly the documentary, what happened, and the survivors. And um, that is the that is the major thing we really wanted to achieve with the magazine for mm. the story not to fade out. Because right. when the when you don't have um, a vision written down, it is it's easily forgotten. Right. And then we've been taking for Nigerians that are quick to forget. 
But yeah, the narrative is changing now. We're not forgetting. In fact, it's fresh in our memory every day. Every day. So basically, that is the essence of the magazine. And if you have an opportunity of having one, kindly have one. I think it's free, yeah. So if you can have one, have one at home. Just keep it in your, in your, in your what do you call it? Your study. Amongst right. your study. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, so that, hopefully they can send it international as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. so um, um sure. at the at the when the show when the show comes out, uh, guys, just check out the link in the bio, and you know everything will be there. And you can follow, support. Um, we need to figure out other ways to support, and I'll be paying attention. So, Debra, yeah. thank you so much for thank taking you. the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Same here. And that's the episode, guys. Um. That was a bit of a roller coaster for me. Really, really sensitive issues there. Really, really powerful. Um, my big take on uh, this one. I think it's important to remember that people died that day. I think that's the most important thing to remember. Innocent Nigerians died that day. And what did they die for? What did they die fighting for? They died fighting for more than just NSARS, you know? They died fighting for more than just their rights, I feel. I feel like they died for giving Nigerians hope that the country can actually be better than it really is. It feels like that's why they died, you know? And then, if that's the case, it doesn't feel right that they should die in vain, you know? I'm not saying that we should go and storm the capital. I'm not saying that there's a solution today. Um, but the fact that people got killed mercilessly in broad daylight, because they're not the first people to get killed. This is not the first, this is not the first of any Nigeria massacres. There have been multiple massacres since before our independence. So this is not new. I think what's a little bit new is that it was done on camera and then they denied it, you know? So whether you've lost hope in the country or whether you haven't, whether you're going to ever live in Nigeria again in, the, in your life or not, um, as long as you identify as a Nigerian, as long as, uh, you know, your family is in Nigeria, as long as the people that you love are Nigerian, then, you know, this is your business. And whether you like it or not, um, you have a responsibility if not to your country, to your people. And honestly, that's it. Like, I'm not saying anybody should do anything. I don't know what I can even do or impact myself, but every October 20th, I'm going to remember these people. And hopefully that inspires you to do something better. You know? Or do something that will make those people proud. Yeah, that's it. And that's my take. I'm curious to hear yours. How do you feel about the whole NSARS protest and the shooting a year later? What do you think is missing? What do you think has been done? What are you doing? You can share your feedback by writing to 2 at gmail.com. 
Follow me on social media at Two Takes on a Pod on Twitter and Instagram, especially Instagram. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can find this wherever you find podcasts. And while you're there, show some love and give this five stars. Why not? You know, we are doing good work anyway. This is the Two Takes on a Pod. Thanks for listening. Twenty twenty.